Dear friends, welcome to this uh, catechesis about the Paschal mystery of Christ, about uh, specifically the unity among these uh, truths of faith that constitute a Paschal uh, mystery and the Paschal faith of the Church, that is, the passion, death and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. In this, uh, in this talk, I would like to highlight the importance of considering this Paschal mystery as a whole, as a unity of truths, unity in which we have always to see the cross uh, and uh, the, the, the passion, actually, and uh, the death of our Lord as one mystery together with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We can never split the cross from the resurrection. Let's first say that uh, the Paschal mystery is, uh, if we want to be even more precise, uh, is uh, the passion, death of our Lord, the, the resurrection, then the ascension, and uh, the sending of the Holy Spirit. The whole Paschal mystery comprehends also the ascension of our Lord into heaven and uh, Pentecost. But uh, for the sake of brevity and uh, for the sake of this talk, I would make reference to the Paschal mystery as uh, a unity, profound unity uh, established between passion, death and resurrection. In order to understand the importance of this uh, uh, internal unity of the truths constituting the Paschal faith of the Church, we have to call to mind the fact that when Jesus appears after his resurrection to the Apostles who were gathered in the Cenacle, Normally our Lord, and this is uh, reported by St. Luke and by St. John, Jesus normally, in order to make himself present and uh, manifest, uh, in order to make also the disciples believe in his resurrection and in the fact that his body is now risen, that the Jesus who was crucified uh, now is there, is risen, in order to show all this, our Lord uh, shows them the hands and the feet, the Gospel of St. Luke says. And then this is the account of chapter 24 of St. Uh, Luke's Gospel after the episode of the two disciples of Emmaus. Uh, in the Gospel of St. John, we find the same, the same apparition of the risen Lord to his apostles, but uh, in the Gospel of St. John, the, the author uh, says that our Lord showed to his apostles his uh, hands and his side pierced. And then the account uh, goes on with the, the episode of St. Thomas, who was uh, not believing at the first that Jesus came into the synagogue. But then our Lord came again when Thomas was present and said to Thomas, put here your finger and see that I am Jesus, that uh, this is a true, real body, I'm not a ghost. This manifestation, this way of being manifested to the church, 
uh, is very important because in this way Jesus says that the continuity between his uh, being the crucified Lord and his being now the risen one is showed by the signs of his passion and death, the signs in his uh, crucified but now glorious body. So the wounds of our Lord are the signs of his uh, resurrection and also the way to identify Jesus Christ, the way to see that uh, it is always the same Jesus, the one who uh, died for us and now the one who is present, is alive. So in the glorious wounds of our Lord, we have the identity of Jesus Christ our Savior. This is already important to grasp this uh, unity of the Paschal mystery of our Lord, the unity of cross and resurrection. For the sake of brevity, I would uh, make reference normally to cross and uh, resurrection to see now this, uh, this, uh, this uh, unity and uh, the fact that we can never split cross from resurrection. In fact, let us imagine in order to understand uh, the importance of this unity, let us, for example, imagine to take the cross without the resurrection. What uh, the would come, what uh, the outcome uh, is in this in this in this context? Uh, if we took cross, the cross of our Lord, without the the resurrection. It would be like a failure, like uh, presenting the, the cross of our Lord as a failure. Because if there is no resurrection, the cross is the end of Jesus' life. So it is the failure of Jesus' uh, prophecies about his Paschal mystery to be crucified, but to be risen on the third day. So in that case, if we had only the cross without the resurrection, we would have a sacrifice which is not alive, which is not eternal. So we would have a sacrifice which is in fact not a sacrifice. We would not celebrate the sacrifice of the reason, the living Lord. This is a possibility, but it is a very remote possibility to separate cross from resurrection, taking the cross and focusing on the cross only without the resurrection. But if we now look from the other side and we uh, want, if we uh, hypothetically uh, want to take the resurrection without the cross, what would the outcome be in, the, in this case? And this is the, the, the current, I would say, temptation to split cross and the resurrection by taking the resurrection without the cross. If in case we uh, took the resurrection of our Lord without the cross, we would have a glory but uh, without a suffering we would have a, a great uh, success, but uh, without the suffering. And this is uh, the, the very uh, 
present, I would say, temptation, even within the church, among Christians, to look at the resurrection of our Lord and to ignore the, the mystery of the cross. This is the case when the Apostle Peter was rebuking even our Lord during his prophecies about his Paschal mystery. No, the God may save you from this, uh, this uh, crucifixion and death. It might never happen that you have to undergo uh, death and such a terrible death. But uh, we know that Jesus on his turn was rebuking Peter because Peter in this case was thinking as uh, men, uh, uh, normally, normally as men uh, normally do. Uh, in fact, when uh, Peter had to give testimony to Christ, and uh, uh, he, he failed actually, he betrayed the Lord. While he was saying before the Passion of our Lord that he would go wherever our Lord would have brought him, he would testify always. The, the, he would uh, undergo anything for the sake of Christ. When the trial came, when the Passion of our Lord uh, came, unfortunately Peter, who wanted to separate the resurrection and the glory from the cross failed and betrayed the Lord. This is then a very present uh, temptation. Actually, we should say that uh, cross and resurrection are two sides of the same coin. We can never, never take one side without the other, one thing without the, the other. So, um, we, in order to understand how dangerous it is to split the resurrection from the cross, we should also uh, make some very uh, uh, practical examples. We should go a little bit more into this, uh, this uh, question in order to see the, the, the dangers that would uh, present when we uh, 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 took, actually, uh, the, the resurrection, we, we understood the mystery of the resurrection without the cross of our Lord. The very first consequence from this possible split between cross and resurrection is something which is uh, current, something which is verifiable as well, because it is within our Mother Church. It is a fracture which is caused between a church that was before and a church that is now. You might have heard of a so-called pre-conciliar church, which means a church before Vatican II, and a post-conciliar church, a church after Vatican II. But this way to understand the church as something that was before and something that is now is in fact splitting the church in two. But we can never split the church. The church is herself. The church is a unity of faith, a unity of the seven sacraments, a unity of the hierarchy guiding uh, guiding, instructing, leading 
the, the, the change. But if we, uh, unfortunately, uh, consider only the resurrection, only the, we should also say, only the Pentecost, without the cross, without this unity with the passion and death of our Lord, we would come, in fact, to understand the Church as a renewal, Pentecostal renewal. In fact, many say that the Church of Vatican II was born from a Pentecostal renewal. But this, this kind of renewal uh, put aside the mystery of the Church, the Church that was before Vatican, Vatican II. So you see, um, the way to, to uh, consider oneself, even uh, one's faith, as a more liberal or more conservative, it has the very last and, uh, root, we should say the very last root, in this way of understanding the Paschal mystery of our Lord. We can never split the church. We have to, to, to work for a reconciliation within the church. We can work for this reconciliation within the church if we understand correctly the Paschal mystery of our Lord. But uh, another consequence of this possible uh, split between cross and resurrection is a way to put away the mystery of penance, the necessity of uh, making penance in order to repair our sins. In fact, if we understand Christian life as a life of the resurrection, but without the cause of resurrection, which is the passion and death of our Lord, we understand that penance is no longer necessary. Since Christ is risen, we have already received the new life of our Lord. We don't need anymore to do penance, because our sins are already forgiven. So the expiation, the concept of expiation, of, of uh, repentance, uh, are concepts that uh, normally are abandoned because what we would need nowadays is to live the life of the risen Lord but a life which is not uh, coming from, from the mystery of the cross of our Lord. Also, there is uh, another possible uh, dangerous consequence when we try to make reference to the resurrection without the cross. And this is the split uh, between justice and mercy. Uh, in fact, if we say that our Lord is reason, as it is true, but uh, without starting from the cross, we normally understand mercy as a way to uh, overcome justice. Mercy as a way to say something even more than the possible justice to be reconciled. Uh, if we are reason, actually, as I said just before, our sins are forgiven, so God is always merciful because he cannot not forgive since in his passion and death, he has already forgiven 
all our sins. Now, now we are participating, we would be participating already in his resurrection. So, um, justice in, in a way uh, not uh, working anymore because it has been overcome by mercy. In this way, we have mercy with no justice. This is impossible. This is ideological as well, because we can never have uh, justice without mercy, as we can never have mercy without justice. God is just because he is merciful, and he is merciful because he is just. But the way to uh, bring to unity this uh, justice and mercy is uh, the same way to look at the Paschal mystery of Christ as the, a mystery of unity, the unity that uh, we find uh, between passion and death, and then between passion, death, and resurrection. My dear friends, there are also some liturgical consequences uh, that might present when we wish to separate the resurrection from the cross. The very first and most fundamental dangerous uh, consequence of this split is the way to abandon the concept of sacrifice. If you remember, I said that if we uh, understood the cross without the resurrection, we would have a sacrifice which is not a sacrifice. Because Christ, the, the sacrifice would be the, the normal execution of a, a, a thief or the, the normal execution of a bad man. But since Christ is the reason, the sacrifice of Christ is the way to redeem our sins. Christ died for us. Christ gave up his life in order to redeem our sins. And by his resurrection, his sacrifice is perennial. Because Christ is alive, the crucified is alive, so the sacrifice of our redemption is perpetually present. And with the ascension of our Lord into heaven, the sacrifice has been brought up into heaven, so that Christ is the high priest, always ready in heaven to intercede for us by the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father. But if we understood the resurrection of our Lord without any more the cross, and this is, I said, the current situation within, uh, within the Church among Christians, we, in fact, ignore the mystery of the sacrifice. If the risen Lord has now is rose from the dead and then uh, has no connection anymore with his passion and death, we do not make reference anymore to the sacrifice. And the sacrifice is no longer celebrated as the, the, the memorial of our salvation, the memorial of Jesus' passion and death. And in fact, in the holy celebration of the Mass, if we uh, split the resurrection from the cross, we forget 
that the Mass is a sacrifice, and we make reference exclusively to the Mass as a banquet, as a way to be together. But uh, if we ignore the sacrifice of the Lamb, in fact, we ignore the Mass. We turn the Mass into some, something else. But together with the loss of the concept of sacrifice, of the sacrifice of the Lamb, there are some others, uh, other liturgical consequences. Uh, for example, this, this uh, kind of split between resurrection and cross impacts on the way the faithful receive Holy Communion. If the resurrection has to be now celebrated without any more the cross, the way our faithful come to receive Holy Communion is by standing, rigidly standing, because they already participate in the resurrection without accepting any more the humiliation of the cross, they rigidly stand and receive Holy Communion in the hand. They are not kin, or not everyone of course, but they are not normally keen anymore on kneeling and receive Holy Communion on the tank, also because they are told to do so by, by clergy. But the very root of this uh, attitude, preventing actually our faithful to receive in the most reverent way Holy Communion, is in fact this kind of split between resurrection and the cross. But also in general, uh, we uh, now tend not to kneel anymore during the celebration, the liturgical celebration. Uh, for example, in uh, some of the new churches, you don't find anymore the kneeler with the pew. Why? Because the concept is that we are reason, since we are reason, we have to stand. In the church, we stand. We pray standing, because this is the, the, the attitude of people who are reason. We do not want to uh, participate in the abasement of the Lord, in the sacrifice of the cross. But also there is... Uh, Another, another consequence uh, for the liturgy, when we try to uh, separate the resurrection from the cross, this is the way to live, to celebrate a liturgical service, but uh, without any, any, um, any reverence. There is uh, a kind of horizontal, nowadays, attitude in our celebrations. And this because we have lost the orientation of the liturgy, the orientation, the eastward position within the liturgy comes precisely from the cross. By looking at the cross, we have the right orientation. We should all look at the cross, the priest and the, and the assembly, all celebrating towards the Lord. He is our East. He is the East of our salvation. But uh, since we lost, we, we have lost the cross, 
we have lost also this uh, eastward way of praying. But uh, it is not only about being geographically oriented. It is more about being oriented, directed towards our Lord, towards the cross. It is the verticality of the cross that we have lost in order to concentrate ourselves more on the social aspect, on the communion aspect of the Mass. But uh, in this way, my dear friends, we lose the very meaning of the celebration of the Holy Mass. I hope that uh, the reason, uh, the, the possibility better to this, this attempt to separate the resurrection from the cross, or even the cross, uh, the passion and death from the resurrection, is something very harmful for the life of the Christian, for the life of the Church. If we want to regain that very strong Christian spirituality, if we want to regain that strong faith in the mystery of Jesus Christ and in the Church as a mystery of salvation, we need, first of all, and necessarily to go back to the unity of the Paschal mystery of Christ, his passion, death and resurrection. Thank you for watching this video. May God bless you. Ave Maria.